Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Weird World, the podcast where we talk about weird stuff, you know, how we do. I'm Emma. I'm Carrie. I'm Dean. And this week, both Carrie and Dean are going to be delighting us about some weird lakes, I'm pretty sure. We're going to mix up our... our, uh format here a little bit yes, some we weird are. some weird bodies <clears throat> of both? water yes mm-hmm. we're being a little vague there but trust me <laughs> they're strange there's some strangeness here well i was recently made aware of a lake in india in the himalayas so it's way up in the mountains and apparently in 1942 a british forest guard whatever that is like they, a park ranger. They guard the forest. Yeah. In Roopkund, India. Okay. R-O-O-P-K-U-N-D. Found something quite alarming. Up in the mountains. Yeti. Like I said. Yeah, it's a, I'm, I'm going to say now. It's a Yeti. <laughs> Radioactive Yeti? <laughs> no. Radioactive Yeti in a lake. This is about 16,000 feet above sea level. Oof. At the bottom of a small valley, there's this little lake... I think it's actually called Lake Rupkund or something like that. And uh, the lake was frozen and full of skeletons. What? Wait, they did like skeletons on the ice? Human skeletons. Like on the ice? It said the lake was full of Jesus. them. So they, you know, they were probably had broken the surface and so you know he could see him uh, frozen in there or even better people are skating you get your kids out yeah. they're just having a nice time in the winter you look below the ice oh my god we're like, surrounded by skeletons <laughs> like skeletons with no meat no on meat. them no correct meat. well wait until we get to there mm-hmm. oh okay because okay. you say skeletons i'm thinking skeletons but i feel like they're not <laughs> skeletons well so like i said it was frozen at the time the british forest guard first made that discovery and then that summer, the ice would melt, and it revealed more skeletons. They were kind of floating in the water and just kind of lying around on the edges. They were all over. So people thought, good Lord, was there some kind of massacre or something? How did this happen? That would ruin your uh, romantic paddle boat date mm-hmm. right there because you're knocking into skeletons everywhere, and uh, I just don't. Um, it's going to kill the mood. <laughs> Yeah, you can try to salvage it, but it probably won't work. I'll post pictures of this lake. Yeah, I want to see skeletons. Yeah. So they're flo- skeletons float? It's kind of are out. floating? It's a very small, it's a pretty small lake. Depends on how airy your bones are. Uh, Usually, how many, how many air pockets you got in your bones. We're not talking in so the middle of the city. So way to say that with complete authority there when you have absolutely no <laughs> I was. I thought, I, I thought it was very clear that I was bullshitting. Okay. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> well, what was going on in 1942? World War II. Correct. So World proud. War II. Smack dab in the middle. Proud of me. And so the the assumption was that oh, yeah. these were soldiers. Was, okay, I was. It, India was not involved. Oh, sure. was India involved in World War II in any there capacity? Was, yes and no. There okay. was fighting Thank there, you. but <laughs> it wasn't. Um, there was the Japanese f- never got to India. Well, they thought they might be Japanese think. soldiers yeah. for some reason. I'm assuming it. Could have made they sense took, that there were Japanese soldiers in Rupkund, India. Maybe. I, I mean, they took Burma, which yeah. is to the... What part of India? I mean, it's well, North India, but... Actually, what they thought was that they possibly died of exposure while sneaking through India. Okay. So mm. would they have been sneaking through? Yes, because, again, they weren't there as an army. Yeah. 
And so, of course, the, the British government, this alarmed them. Mm. They thought, oh, no. Yeah. Secret that, that, invasion that, plans. That the Japanese were sneaking through <laughs> India. <laughs> so they sent some investigators there to try to figure it out to see if if they were. Although, would they be skeletons by that time? It's only 1942. So I maybe, don't know. maybe if they're eaten by yetis, the meat. Yeah. Not the skeletons <laughs> to eat bones. Well, anyway, they realized that they couldn't be from Japanese soldiers because they were clearly not that fresh. Mm. Okay. That they were too old to be that. And they said that it was pretty clear that they were very old, but there was flesh, hair, and the bones themselves had been preserved, kind of, to some degree, by the dry, cold air way up there in the Himalayas. But they really couldn't tell, obviously, where they were from. And they couldn't figure out what possibly could have killed this many people they figured it was over 200 people and it was a very, it was like I said, it's a, it's not a huge lake and it was a very small little Valley that the lake was in. So they came up with their theories at the time, some sort of epidemic, you know, some bacteriological event, landslide, ritual suicide. Oof. Oh gosh. Um, This is pre Jim Jones. You know, there were some religious things in there that they thought, but for decades, nobody could figure it out, and the lake started to become known as Skeleton Lake. Makes sense. Yep. It's, it's more it's more easy. It's easier to pronounce than Rube Kund for us. That's mm. true. So then in 2004, there was an expedition to the site and, you know, try to study it and figure it out what had happened. Whoopsies. Was it called Expedition Skeleton Lake? I don't know. Should have been. Uh, is there a movie I can watch on yes. this? I, I'm is there sure. A YouTube if, video. Yeah, <laughs> I did see YouTube videos, but I didn't watch any of them. They could. They probably veered on the disrespectful territory. Probably. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I haven't been super impressed with YouTube videos. There, there. Yeah. Things. There are people I, who have no business making. Yeah. Yeah. Zero yeah. qualifications. They're not educated enough to. Jake really Paul, do a I believe, did a skeleton. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, so. What, what's the deal with a, a bunch of YouTube videos that are trying to be like super serious and kind of professional, but they use like clearly computer generated voices? Really? Have you guys seen those? Don't know. Huh? Nope. Have you seen them? Oh, okay. No, I haven't. Well, anyway, okay. this is a very serious topic. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Really? It's exactly like uh-uh. that. It's so weird. Huh. And so, you know, they computers mispronounce words and stuff like that. It's just really? bizarre. But anyway, I don't know. okay. I smell Russian, bo- probably something yeah. to the election. Yeah, probably. This expedition, like I said, in 2004, they figured that all the bodies dated to around 850, the year 850. Mm. Wow. And they did get some DNA evidence, and they discovered that there were two distinct groups. Wait, 850? Yes, that's the year eight fifty. That's a long fucking it, time yeah. ago. How the Over how are these not dust? Years ago. How are they they're not in dust? Uh, cool dry air? Cool dry wow. lake. Wow. So you think that they're in the lake, the bottom of the lake? Mm-hmm. How did they come up? Most of them were in the lake. That's not crazy. All of them. I don't think it's a very deep lake. Yeah, but why then? Suddenly in nineteen forty two, where they first noticed. Maybe we're going to find they've out. They've been there for well, who, well over a thousand says, years. I mean, I don't think this is well. 
traveled area. I don't okay. think there's a lot of traffic in and out of So the local Oh, maybe Rukun means skeleton in the local dialect. Let's go with it. Mm, no, let's I'd not go with that. that if that was the case. Would you, Carrie? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but so anyway, and they determined that one of the distinct groups was a family or tribe of closely related people. And the second smaller group were probably a, a group of local people because they were shorter. Mm. <laughs> and they thought they were hired, like as guides or something, oh. for mm. the other group. Really? So it's a tribe of, let's say, tourists in 850. Mm-hmm. Are going, they want to go see the Himalayas. They order, they hire some local guys to take them up there, probably looking for yetis, probably an early Tom <laughs> Slick expedition, I'm assuming. And they died. Well, they also found... I Carrie, I've solved it. We can go on. They also found rings, spears, leather shoes, and bamboo staves. And this is what led them to think that the larger group were some sort of pilgrims uh, heading through the valley with the help of these locals. Yeah, mm-hmm. Some kind of religious mm-hmm. site. They, they figured out that all the bodies died in a similar way oh. from blows to the head. What? Oh. What? They had deep Plot cracks twist. in the skulls, but they didn't seem to be from weapons, what? but of something that would, would be more rounded. So not something sharp, something rounded. Yeah, like a club. The bodies also had wounds like on their shoulders. So it was like whatever killed them came straight Uh, down on them. You're talking avalanche, aren't you? Well, the avalanches don't come straight down, right? Well, if it's running. If you're running, they're going to come from behind. Okay, okay. (laughs) Listeners, you miss Carrie's running. You guys miss the best parts of these podcasts. Phenomenal, phenomenal. If you really run like that, Carrie, I don't know what to <laughs> <Then> say. <laughs> so there is an ancient... Oh, hail. Big chunks Did of I ice. get it? There's I just an... got thumbs up. <laughs> There's a folk song, an ancient Himalayan traditional folk song. Can you sing it? No, but I can tell you what it what the lyrics talk okay, about. Okay, but can you sing it? No. Would you? Would you? No. Will you please, please sing it? Please. Because I don't speak Hindi. You can sing it if you have the lyrics there. My Hindi's kind of rough. I don't have the lyrics. Do I, it I have to the melody of Mary was Mary had a little lamb. No. Mary was a little Mary lamb. Mary was a little lamb. <laughs> That's the uh, Dr. Moreau version. Okay. Oh. The lyrics okay. of this ancient folk song, okay. that there's a goddess who was so enraged at outsiders who defiled her mountain sanctuary. There's a goddess who was so enraged at outsiders who defiled her mountain sanctuary. Come on, Carrie. The rest, that no, she the rest. rained death upon them okay. by flinging hailstones hard <gasps> as iron. Whoa. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. A ding, ding, ding. Uh-huh. So this 2004 expedition believed... Suddenly was deluged by a hailstorm. Yep. They all died. It's Wait, unfair. really? Yep. Oh, That's what they thought. No, oh. <laughs> she thought really that they were killed by a hailstorm. Oh, I thought they In were also killed by a hailstorm. <laughs> yeah. No, Gary, the 2004. Oh, oh no. no. The, yeah. Yes, they all, they're all <laughs> dead. It's on YouTube. <laughs> no. They're dying. There's blood. It's great. And they, so they think that these hailstones were hard as iron, quote, hard as iron, cricket ball shaped. So it must have been a British expedition that were about. Fucking British imperialists. 20, well, we're talking India, so. Exactly. The goddamn. But version. this is also 2004, so. Yeah, that doesn't down. matter. They're still feeling the effects. Okay. 23 centimeters in Oof. circumference, which would be about nine inches. That's, yeah. that's a very large hailstone. Mm-hmm. It's possible, man. Global warming. 
That's kind of like a base, a base <laughs> I mean, ball. That's like a head. I mean, that's like your no, whole head. No, it's not that big. Nine inches in circumference. Oh, that's true. No. I was no. thinking <laughs> tiny. Yeah. It's like head. a baseball. Yeah, yeah. For, so huge. for our American ball. audience, our yeah. cricket ball for our Anglophile audience. Yeah. So, and then they think that you know that those skeletons just lay in the lake for twelve hundred years. So every one of them died. That's the weird. Well, I guess not everyone died. We don't know the rest who didn't die. Yeah, if you didn't got die, the out of there. Yeah, you dipped. Yeah. And you weren't found. Simple as that. And you or, didn't go back to get the bodies because yeah. why? It was bad. Yeah. A lot of your folks, two hundred of them died. That's crazy. Yep. That you know what? I dare say that's weird. <laughs> it is. <laughs> there sure are thing. no roads to this place. So if you want to visit, it's quite a trek. It takes three to four days oh, to get there. Can on you tell us how to get there? If no. I put it yes. on start, Google Maps, would they Probably. Okay. You start in Gualdom in Chamoli she's, she's District. Really tell us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. It is covered in ice for most of the year. Oh well. So it's cool. You gotta, I would go. You'll have to check the almanac. Yeah. Are the see. skeletons still there? Yeah. You know, probably. Some of them are. I would imagine. Now, I'm going to update it. Okay. Oh, update. That's it. the information that came from the 2004 expedition. Oh, in 2019, they discovered they were not humans. Mm-hmm. No, actually, After all, they were aliens. They did a 2005 expedition <laughs> and totally different findings. Well, information was updated this year. <gasps> 2019. <laughs> and appear and so I'll put my sources in the notes, but this is a lot of this I got from New York Times, an mm-hmm. article about the latest info. And it says every summer bones emerge from the ice. What? Yeah. Sorry. So yes. Every summer. Every summer. Jesus. Hundreds of skeletons, some with flesh still attached, emerge from what has become known as Skeleton Lake. Hundreds. Yes. It's amazing that there's flesh attached over a thousand years. Yeah, that's crazy. Since they died. And they're sure they're, every single one of them is from that 850. No one died. Ooh. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, what? You are asking the right question. I am two for two. (laughs) So anyway... (laughs) The leading idea was that all of these people died simultaneously in one catastrophic event. Big a, time a hail. severe cricket sudden hailstorm hail over It was a called the Great Cricket ago. Hail of 850 mm-hmm. at the time in yes, the newspapers. It was. Well, in the newspapers. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Some anthropological study, I don't know if it was the one in 2004 or if it was one subsequent to that. They studied five of the skeletons. And they estimated that they were about 1,200 years old. Mm-hmm. So the timing is roughly, okay. roughly the right, same. Right. But there has been new genetic analysis carried out by scientists in India, America, and Germany. And it has added some new details to this mm. little oh, story. Shit. They examined please DNA. Be aliens, please be aliens. Please be aliens. <laughs> they examined DNA from 38 different sets of remains. And they obviously couldn't find, you know, they weren't full skeletons. They were bones scattered here and there. So their study indicated that it wasn't just one event, that the the skeletons weren't from one specific point in time, Mm. but several different Hmm. periods in time spread out over a millennium. Wow. What the hell? How? So some were not as old as others. And there is a report 
um, published, I believe, in August of this year by a very scholarly thing. <laughs> thing. That's good. <laughs> so everybody who dies in this valley just gets chucked in the river. Is that how it works? No. Well, it's true. Um, called like Nature Communications. Oh, sure. And sure. I skimmed it. Mm-hmm. It is very sciencey. You read the abstract. I did. I did read the abstract, and I understood the abstract. Okay. The rest of it is very science. Greek symbols. No, it's very in, in methodological, and you know the the methods that they used, and how they ground bones into powder, and <laughs> what what scientific uh, you know machines they used, and all that kind of stuff. So obviously, I got nothing out of it. <laughs> But if any scientists out there want to go read it, I'll put a link to it on the website. But so anyway, it was pre- it's pretty interesting how they do it, how they, they like grind the part of the bones into powder and, yeah. and how mm-hmm. they, uh, they bleach it. Oh. What? And then Why? do other stuff to it okay. <laughs> before right. they can extract DNA. It other is, stuff, huh? Sounds like some necrophilia. No, it's pretty okay. interesting though. But so anyway, um, so they, they actually learned quite a bit more. Apparently, rock slides, migrating ice, and even humans who have wandered up there have disturbed and moved a lot of the remains. So it, that made it a little bit difficult for them to figure out how and when, you know, those skeletons were buried. And I think people probably take stuff too which is kind of disrespectful yes, very is. disrespectful i rarely take things from cemeteries when mm-hmm. i visit cemeteries rarely <laughs> but they were able to make some sense of these bones and um there was an expert in ancient dna mm. didn't really oh. know there was such a thing there's an expert for everything imaginable. i know but from some institute the institute of paleosciences in india and then a geneticist from Harvard, they were able to extract the DNA from dozens of skeletal samples. And like I said, they had 38 individuals. They identified 23 males and 15 females. And so then they could compare them, you know, just like Ancestry DNA and sure. 23 and Me. They Did could, they put them on Ancestry.com? <laughs> probably not. But they compare that they can compare their DNA to populations living today in certain places, which mm-hmm. is exactly how they tell you, you know, what your ethnicity yeah, is, yeah. where you are from on ancestry DNA. And so they determined that these 38 people fit into three distinct genetic groups. 23 of them who were a mixture of both males and females had ancestries typical of the nowadays South Asians. Okay. Mm. So India, Pakistan. Those remains were deposited at the lake between the seventh and tenth centuries, but not all at once. Mm. So some were older than others. The ages indicated that they were lifetimes apart. So okay. you know. So over mm. hundreds of years in this case, yeah. people died Generations were, probably. fell in the lake. Mm-hmm. No, wow. not that they fell in the lake. But, were, but still, their bodies yeah. found their way to the yeah, lake. I know. Were they were they possibly buried along the mountainsides and erosion or something like that brought them into the lake? Could be because they said, you know, migrating ice could yeah. have had hmm. something to do with it too. Okay. That's crazy. So that's the first group. And then they think about a thousand years or so later, sometime between the 17th and 20th centuries, two more genetic hmm. groups appeared in the lake. One person 
you know, they could only find one of East Asian related ancestry mm-hmm. and 14 people. And this is the oddball Eastern Mediterranean ancestry. What? Oh, lost Roman legion. Oh, wait, 17 to 20. Okay, never mind that. Yeah, 17 <laughs> so to 1700 20. to 1900s. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Hmm, Which is pretty interesting. interesting. And they don't know. Eastern Mediterranean. That's odd. So Which they would could be have been current, Turkish. They could have been current whatever, day Lebanese, Greece or Crete. Or Greece. Hmm. Huh. Yeah. That's odd. If you told me it was earlier than that, I would. It'd be almost more believable. Like much earlier, like oh, the remnants of Alexander's invading army stuck around, yeah. hung out for a couple thousand years, yeah. and then died. Big, yeah. yeah. Just a theory. But just because they are similar to current day people in Greece and Crete doesn't ne- that doesn't necessarily correlate to to what they would have been at the time although why not it seems like it was yeah it should yeah. have been because the, well it's saying that the that distribution wouldn't apply to ancient populations but we're not talking about ancient populations we're talking about 17th well they're applying to current yes populations yeah greek yeah yeah, yeah sure it seems like it's i, I do i think so too i don't know yeah. it's 17th century is not ancient is it not at all i wouldn't think so either huh well, so anyway. So that's weird. That, that, so there are, why is there a group of Greeks, yeah. let's say, in this obscure, very isolated valley in northern India? That's the mystery. Huh. That's yeah. the weird that, part. That, by that point, Greece was not a, you know, glo- didn't have any kind of global reach whatsoever. Yeah. It was a small country. In fact, I think it was part of the Ottoman Empire for a good chunk of that. That's odd. Yep. Well, Traders. These- I mean, Greeks have always been... Traders. That's how they expanded. So yeah. maybe maybe that's how. Hmm. I didn't read anything with where, where they had a theory of where they were going or where they China Silk Road, you know, but got lost. Maybe I don't <laughs> Super know. Really lost. lost. <laughs> yeah, they didn't find any evidence of bacterial infections again. So they, you know, couldn't attribute it to any kind of epidemic or anything. And they thought maybe the high altitude. You know, if you're not used to it, but yeah, how would that kill you? Get dizzy and you yeah. fall in the lake. <laughs> okay. No, eventually uh, it yeah. could kill you, but how? Because you can't breathe. Oh, As if your well. body is used to sea level in Greece, more oxygen. Yeah, sixteen thousand feet. It's up there, man. Damn. So the earlier study of the five skeletal samples that I talked about found three people with unhealed compression fractures, which mm. could have been hailstone related, but nobody knows for sure. So. They said it's hard to believe with the range in time that these bodies were deposited mm-hmm. that they all died from the same thing. No, mm-hmm. they couldn't. So, no. Yep. So they really don't know. Um, but, st- but to have a lot, you said 14 were of this likely Greek mm-hmm. origin. That implies that's a group and that they did die in mass. Otherwise, it'd yes. be even weirder if over 300 years, various Greeks are finding their way to this valley and dying. Yeah, they didn't say that, that those were different times. They just said that that group was 17th to 20th century. Yeah, they don't know exactly when, so they can't date it any more precisely, no. but they almost certainly died at the same time. But the first group, the 23 of the South you know, Asian yes. people, they were different times okay well south asian that they're effectively local yeah probably okay. yeah and then the one that this was is a populated asian. valley i'm sure the people do live in that valley right they must it's india they live in every square inch of india i don't think not this little valley really yeah 
Because it's, I don't know. You can look at the pictures. They also said that, that the individuals included children and elderly adults, but none were family relatives. What? Yeah. That makes no sense. That could be just the sampling of, remember those hundreds of skeletons there and they... Exactly. It doesn't mean that there weren't relatives there. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously they were not able to get DNA from every single skeleton there. They didn't do hundreds. Yeah. So. That is odd though. Chemical signatures from the skeletons indicated that they had significantly different diets, adding, you know, more evidence to the idea that there were several distinct population groups. Mm. And they you know, tried to see if there were any sort of accounts of these journeys Yeah, documented like, yeah. somewhere. This is some kind of a trek, some kind of on the path yeah, of something. They searched archives and known records and they were never able to find anything. Hmm. Would you think, obviously they're not going to find anything from the 1200 years ago, but, but maybe the 17th to 20th century things, yeah. but nobody was ever able to find anything. So it's, it is on a route known to modern-day Hindu pilgrims. So that's what they think maybe the South Asian people died on this. It's, I think it's a, like a religious pilgrimage thing. Mm-hmm. So, but that wouldn't explain the Mediterranean. It could. Converts somehow. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. They don't seem to think so. Again, there are Greek populations well to the east of Greece. All we know is their mm-hmm. ethnicity mm-hmm. in Turkey, even even in Eastern Turkey, which gets you not super close to here, but much closer. Yeah. So it's possible yeah. there are groups there that are of Greek extraction from, you know, yeah. literally 2000 years ago. Well, and here's what they say. And this is a expert mm-hmm. in the, you know, genetic stuff. Sure. He's, that's what he yes, calls it. Genetic he stuff. His words. <laughs> the. Their genetic ancestry resembles that of present-day people from Greece or Crete, but current distribution may not apply to ancient populations. But regardless of that fact, they weren't from that area. So, not sure. I understand but what they don't know. I don't understand what you're saying. I don't really understand it either. <laughs> okay. But you know, like I say, the how Greeks were widely, were so- shockingly widely dispersed. So it's possible some small Greek population made it out to India. I mean, yeah. remember, I wasn't, I was only a little bit joking, but there were a lot of Greeks in India when Alexander invaded in the 320s mm-hmm. uh, BCE. And I mean, it's, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm speculating here. I don't know the history of that, but there could be some far flung Greek population that was near there and did make this, yeah. uh, a pilgrimage. Yeah. I mean, clearly there's an explanation for it. Yeah. We just don't know Something what it is. Happened. Alien, oh, alien abductions. Yeah, they that's possible. From Greece to... Yeah. yeah. Well, they did think, you know... Plausible. Plausible. Certain. Maybe the site back in the day held some sort of religious significance. Yeah. We just don't... We've lost it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and, and maybe they were brought there for burial. So maybe they didn't die there. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. Maybe they were brought there. Bury me in the blah, blah, blah valley. Mm-hmm. At Skeleton Lake. At Skeleton Lake. Yeah. Lake Rupkund. Or maybe they were explorers. Yeah. You know? But. Hmm. We'll never know, probably. Probably not. But Hmm. it's pretty interesting. It is. It is. Skeleton Lake. It's very interesting. Skeleton Lake. So to do some 
tourism there is going to be difficult, but you know what? Yeah, I don't think it'll ever be a hot spot. <sighs> we used to have to go to the Mothman conference, uh, let's, and that's in West Virginia. So it's a little bit easier. Yeah, to it's get much to. easier. So yeah. Let's, uh, yeah. Let's hold off on the Lake <laughs> Group Coon. That's called the Yeah, Mike yeah. It's journey. probably not high on my list of places yeah. to go. Uh, well, thank you, Carrie. You're welcome, Dean. And again, I'll post pictures. It's kind of interesting. It is. Yeah. I was interested. Lots I was very interested. Poking out of a frozen lake. Hopefully, this story will be as interesting. Well, let's hear it. I don't know. Pretty high bar there, <laughs> Dean. <laughs> see if you can top that, Dad. <laughs> Have we ever heard of a place called Lake, and I'm going to mispronounce it, Piger? Okay. No. That's the local. So it's, spelled, it's a lake in Louisiana. It's near the town of New Iberia. So it sounded French. Yep, which makes it sense. It is. Uh, it's about 140 miles west of New Orleans. New Orleans. It is spelled P-E-I-G-N-E-U-R. So in French, I'm, I don't know, Pignard, Pignard. something like that. <laughs> but the locals right. pronounce Pignard. it Piger, so I'm going to pronounce it Piger. Oh, okay. that's interesting. That's the locals. And I'm, by the way, I think that's how they pronounce it, because it's one of those things in wherever that article was where it had the, you know, the stupid symbols that yeah. no one knows what they mean except for grammar Nazis who invented those stupid symbols that it's like, oh, it's pronounced like this. No, that doesn't oh, help at all. They're like dots on top yes, or something? Yes, exactly. I don't know what the dots mean, but a, a horizontal line over a letter means you pronounce it like the you long pronounce the, the name of the letter. Yeah, A. Yes. Okay. Well, or anyway, I, so I think it's Peter. So it is nowadays a 200-foot deep salty brackish lake, but it didn't used to be. It's pretty deep. It is deep. It how, used how do you get a how do you get a salty lake? Oh, we'll find out, won't we? You um, there's a lot of picnics there, and they <laughs> they, they, spill. Draw, they spill their food, hard boiled eggs. Yeah, I mean, it is. It was. It used to be a very shallow, maybe ten foot deep, completely fresh water lake. What covering about thirteen hundred acres? It was, um, you know, just a little fresh water lake. People like to go fishing there, maybe some boating. There was a little island in the middle with a, a botanical garden on it. It was lovely. That sounds very nice. It sounds like a nice day out. It was a nice day out. That was until November 21st, 1980. Ooh. Not that long ago. That was when everything changed for Lake Pinier or Pijer. Since, uh, switching gears here, since 1919, a company called the Diamond Crystal Mining Company of St. Clair, Michigan, had operated a small, I'm sorry, a large, <laughs> the opposite, a large salt mine in the area around Lake Pijer. Salt mines are weird to me. They are weird. The world needs salt, Mom. Yeah. I'm not, yeah, I know. You just think you get it from the ocean. I and know. there are salt, you do that, but yeah. there's giant deposits of rock salt, and you mine them and make salt out of them. Yeah, that doesn't. That's, that's not weird to me at all. Isn't that what it is weird to the, um, me? That makes dwarf, perfect that sense. The seven dwarfs did. No, they, they, they mined miners? diamonds. They were mining gems. Yeah, I think in the original stories, Precious I think there were salt mines. I think I could be wrong. Well, in the movie we all know and love, mm. it's diamonds and gems. This salt mine was still active in 1980, digging out that white gold from the <laughs> earth. Isn't salt mining very like lucrative? Like, isn't there a lot of money in it? <sighs> How much is salt? I don't know. It's not expensive. It's not I don't know. Salt. There was an American Dad episode where they thought there was a salt deposit in their backyard and it was like super. Yeah, like, well, it was yeah. a cartoon. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I feel don't like think that's so. Pretty, I don't know, salt's man. pretty cheap. Okay. Pink, Himalayan, Himalayan pink, pink salt. salt. Is, yeah. So is if you have mine. a Himalayan pink salt mine, you're golden. Okay. Or dead sea salt. Yes. 
that's but stupid. you have to be in the Dead Sea mm-hmm. to get that. So, the mine had a network of tunnels and shafts underground around the lake. Some of those were like think of it like like fifty foot wide dugout shafts, vertical shafts, uh, and and the, the mine was up to thousands of feet below. Yikes. Here's the funny thing about salt deposits, though, in nature, salt migrates upward underground. I'm doing okay. a, a carry yeah. somewhere. Okay. <laughs> migrates upward. This process cuts through the strata and, and the sediment and produces these faults and folds under the ground. These folds are perfect. They're ideal for trapping oil in them oh, and holding what? that oil so we can dig it out and burn it in our cars later on. Isn't right? that yes. interesting? So Louisiana is not just salt country. It's oil country. Mm-hmm. It's much more so oil country. Yeah. That's black gold, by the way. Texas tea. Okay. There around Lake Pinier, in part due to the salt, but not entirely, it was the heart of oil country. There's plenty of oil. The area is dotted with the salt. Yeah. I'm sorry, with oil rigs pumping out the Texas tea. And so, And there's uh, oil not just around the lake, but even they thought, some folks thought, maybe there's an oil deposit underneath the lake. Right? So on that day in November of 1980, Texaco, a huge conglomerate mm-hmm. oil company based in nearby Texas. Who no longer exists, right? Uh, now they were bought up by somebody. Yeah. I, I don't know. They had an oil rig on the lake that was going to drill for oil. Great. Wow. Underneath, just poke under the lake, get to the ground, grab the oil, suck it out, make money. But when you're digging underground, it's often, in fact, usual, it's very important to know exactly where you are. If you've, you've seen those signs, haven't you, that says, don't dig here, the power company will say, don't dig here, stop. It's like a shovel with a cross through it. Mm-hmm, don't uh-huh. dig here before you call us first. There are power lines beneath this ground. Right. Stop what you're yes. doing, right? It's kind of like that. You have to know exactly where you are with some level of precision before you start going and digging. Yep. Luckily, there is something called the coordinate reference system. Who can explain that to me? I cannot. It's a reference system uh-huh. of coordinates. coordinates. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, like when you play um, Battleship? It actually is not, un- well, not exactly. That's a, But it's not crazy, not like that. <laughs> it sounds like what it... It does. It, and it sounds is. like <laughs> It basically tells you with precision where you are. But how do they know? How do they know what's under there? It's under there? Is, isn't that what the... Well, coordinates- it is, is to know... Well, yes, yeah, to know where different things are. Yeah. So... In this case, this before GPS coordination, right? But uh-huh. uh, basically, it's a system that it sort of lays down the rules for the math of figuring out where you are by using some assigned points. So you have various assigned points. This thing we know is here. Now, to figure out where you are, you know, use this. It's one of those rare things that you can actually use things like geometry and trigonometry to be, yeah, to be useful. Because everybody that says, oh, oh you'll use this later in life. And guess what? You really won't. Yeah. Almost no one does. But to do this, I'm sorry, parents across the globe, but it's bullshit. When's the last time you guys had to find the slope of something? <laughs> well, <laughs> actually, I, hey, I use algebra all the time. Uh, yeah, We're not I, talking I about know, algebra. But trigonometry and shit <laughs> yeah, like yeah, that. No. Come on, man. I don't even remember trigonometry. So it's, it, it uses that kind of math to figure out with precision where you are with, by using various sign, assigned points, right? It's, it's kind of like the old story of trying to lay out on a two-dimensional flat map or screen where you are on a spherical planet. So it's not easy. So it's not, it's, no, it's not yeah. perfect. And who knew? There are two types of coordinate reference systems in the U.S. that are being used in 1980. Not, I didn't know that. 
I didn't know that either. Mm-mm. So I'm asking legitimately who knew. Yeah. <laughs> Probably just people who use these two systems here. One was called the Universal Transverse Mercator Coordinate System. Okay. The other, pay attention here, was called the Transverse Mercator Projection System. So you see the difference. Yeah. Oh, I get God. It. <laughs> yeah, neither, neither do I. Somebody messed up on that one. I, yeah, that's the, the source server, that's what they're called. I don't know if that's the official name Just of the two. Just label them number one and number two. There you go. There you go. What are we using? Number one or two? I don't know. Yeah. But there is a difference, and they can get different results, right? So the Texaco oil rig figured out where they were, I, I believe, using the first system. Oh, dang it. They should have been using the second one. Then they, they started digging <laughs> under Lake... Piger, right? And I think it's like a derrick. It has a base on it. And they also had 11 barges tied to the rig for, you know, transporting equipment and presumably oil drums when they started working out that black Mm -hmm. gold and taking it out from the the ground beneath the lake. This is, wait, it was only 10 feet deep? 10 foot deep. Yes, very, very shallow lake. Sort of a broad but very shallow lake. So, yeah. So they were through the water immediately. They're digging into the ground, right? So it's all good. Hey, we know where we are because we use this coordinate system. We think there's oil down there. So let's sink this 14-inch drill. That's all. Just a 14-inch drill bit into the bottom of the lake. What could go wrong? I'm guessing I'm something. Ass- I'm assuming a lot went wrong. Chug, 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 chug. That's the oil drill. That's the drill. That's great. You should see the way the like... Lines of our um. very staccato. So I, that's my version of how what it would sound like. You know, on the rig there, it's drilling beneath the ground. Uh, it's below the. You're, you're way below now. The drill is way below the shallow lake. At one thousand two hundred thirty feet below. Wow. The drill suddenly seized up, and it would go no further. Oh, hit some China. <laughs> it's twelve hundred thirty feet. It hit China. Huh? They say to themselves on the rig. I imagine. I'm assuming. I'm going to do some dialogue for them. Like, okay. huh. Suddenly, it's a loud series of pops. Pop, pop, pop. Good oh. one. No, that's good. <laughs> Sorry, that's I didn't good. mean to I did the chug, you did the pop. Okay. That, then, the entire rig jerked violently to, to the side and tilted down toward the water. What? Ooh. This was not good. No. So the men on the rig cut the 11 barges loose from the rig. I'm not sure why that was so important to them. Huh. And they got into boats and they made, they scrambled for the shoreline about 300 yards away. Like, we're getting off this goddamn thing. Yeah. It's tilting bad. Cut the, cut the barges. Again, no idea why. Let's get to the shore. They do. They then stand on the shoreline and they watch the rig tilt gradually further down toward the water. Not completely sure what's happening. At first, it just seems like sort of a slow motion catastrophe. Like, what's like, going on? Think, why, why, would, there... why wouldn't they just reverse the drill? Or maybe it was stuck. They, yeah, it was completely stuck. Okay. They couldn't get it up or down. Okay. Hmm. Then the old Derek lurched down and went under. Ooh, it what? crashed into the lake, disappeared beneath the water. Remember, this is a large lake oh, good, monster. Good one. Yeah. yeah. Pissed, Pissed it off. Ping, ping, uh, pingy. I'm trying to think. Sure. Messy, yeah. peeny. Mm-hmm. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, that last part's weird, though. Why, why do you think that last part's weird? The entire oil oil rig disappeared Because it was only 10, 10 feet deep. deep. It's a 10-foot lake. They're thinking to themselves, wait a second. That lake is supposed to be a 10-foot deep lake. Are so there caves shit. under there? Or yeah. I'm worried about this. Or this shit Could there go? be caves under there? 
Let's find out. Lake caves. Lake, Lake caves. caves. Yeah. yeah. So well, then, the serpent's got to live somewhere. Ah, that's true. That's true. Then the water all around where the rig had just gone under starts to move and twirl faster and faster and faster. <gasps> oh my gosh. Like because a whirlpool? The, like Whirl. a whirlpool. <laughs> the rig was not where Texaco thought it was. It was a little over to the left. Instead of being clear of the salt mine beneath them, beneath part of the lake, it was right over directly above uh, one of the salt domes oh my of gosh. the crystal diamond salt mine. So when their rig, when the drill bit got stuck at 1,230 feet, it was because it had pierced the roof of one of those 50-foot-wide shafts, which then exposed the lake to the vast salt mine beneath it. Oh. So it doesn't, why would it get stuck? I don't know. Stuck in salt? It just did. It <laughs> just patch did. of salt? It did. I don't know. It, huh. it pierced. It pierced the top of that of that dome. Hmm. Below the lake, in the salt mine, you have 50 people working. I, I was, was going to say, say were, was it active? Were there people active, under yes. there? <gasps> there were 50 folks under there. One of, the, one of them was an electrician who worked for the mining company. He heard this kind of loud rumbling noise. He thinks, hmm. He also said, hmm. Mm. More dialogue. <laughs> it grew louder as if coming toward him. He looked over and he saw a mass of oil drums rushing toward him on a flow of knee-deep water coming down this gradually declining shaft. I don't, the shaft he was looking at, I think wasn't a vertical shaft, so it's a declining shaft coming toward him. Yeah. But it's literally just a bunch of presumably empty oil drums, probably from those barges because yeah. they're gonna fill it with mm-hmm. oil. And a, a wall of water is coming at him carrying oil drums. That would. That sounds like an absolute nightmare. Yeah. He, I believe he did shit his pants. Did he? But he survived. And he said, oh, shit, or something like that. Again, some yeah. pretty good dialogue here. <laughs> he sounded the alarm, and immediately three piercing beeps, I guess, were heard by the 50 people in the Beep. mine. That says, get Beep. the F out of this. It, it was evacuate immediately. This is not a drill. Yeah. Wow. The men race for the elevators that would take them up to 1,300 feet or so to the safety, uh, to the surface and safety. So up they went, but then in a bunch, in a large elevator. But when the, when the elevator got to the third and topmost level of the mine, yeah. it boom, it ground to a halt. <sighs> it shuddered to a stop. Let's do that. The elevator was stopped by a wall of water above them oh no oh my gosh the workers then got the hell out of that elevator and they took they basically hopped on like mine carts or little vehicles they used to get around and they all up and up and up went up through the tunnels to get above that third level of the mine once they did get to the topmost level though they had one more leg they needed to do to get to safety this was the last elevator that took people up and, and down into the mine, to the, from the mine to the surface, right? Here's the problem. It was an eight-person, old-timey, oh, no. diesel-powered little elevator that chugged to the top and back. It was notoriously slow. So they had to get 50 people. Yep. <gasps> so oh these gosh. men are waiting down there so eight at a time oh. could go chug, 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 very slowly as the water beneath them is filling okay, and filling uh, and filling oh my and coming toward them. Eight at a time. And they oh waited patiently and no one killed anyone because uh, every one of them made it out alive. Thank uh, God. 
I hope they did it in an orderly fashion. Uh, they must have. And remember, though, this was a salt mine, right? Water dissolves salt. Mm -hmm. So when that little 14-inch drill hole pierced the shaft, it quickly expanded. And in seconds, the lake, essentially, it was just a, at seconds or minutes, the lake was effectively turned into a giant bathtub that you pulled the, the drain stopper out of. <laughs> That's that whirlpool where the rig went down. Right. The, wig, wow. the rig pierced it. It's gradually getting bigger and bigger and bigger. More water's rushing in. It tilts. That they the the men get off of it, it goes under. the The hole is getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's going down through the shafts and tunnels and filling the mine, and basically it's filling the mine with all of the water right. in this broad but shallow lake. Pijer, it created this massive maelstrom though, and it sort of just sucked everything down in circles until the lake was completely empty. It literally ah, emptied. Drained the lake. It drained the lake of all 3.5, I think I read 3.5 billion gallons of water. Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, normally, the Del Cambre Canal travels from the lake, from Lake Pinger to uh, Vermilion Bay. That's a few miles to the south. It's an arm of the Caribbean Sea. It's a brackish arm, though, because it's fed by a lot of, of um, and it's, it's almost an almost enclosed bay completely, but it is part of the, of the Caribbean. But the sucking action of the lake being drained into the mine was so powerful that it reversed the flow of the canal. So the canal is going from the lake, empties the water of the lake into oh, the bay, sure. into the yeah. ocean, essentially. Um, wow. It reversed that flow. That's crazy. So for a time, the canal and the lake were an inlet uh, and seawater, brackish seawater from Vermilion Bay starts pouring in to the now empty Lake Pijer. So it didn't turn brackish because of the dissolved salt? No. It turned wow. brackish because it brought in brackish wow. water from Vermilion Bay. That's crazy. In That's fact, interesting. for two days, the 164-foot drop from the end of the canal where it, it emptied into the lake. Because remember, it, think of it. It's there's empty, empty lake, empty canal. Suddenly, the, revert, the flow reverses. Yeah. So there's this drop um, from where the canal was. I'm not sure how that worked. And 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 I, I, the lake bottom, I think, sort of caverned as well, sort of cratered. Yeah, it was a 164 foot waterfall that, for those two days, was the largest waterfall in Louisiana. Wow, <laughs> that's crazy. And the whirlpool sucked in everything: trees, soil, ships, all 11 of those barges. These are oil barges yeah. that were, had once been tied to the Texaco rig were sucked into the whirlpool, into the circle that look, must have looked like Edgar Allan Poe's yeah. a descent into the maelstrom. Literary reference. Nice. Thank you very much. What an egghead. And they... <laughs> I have two Edgar Allan Poe shirts, okay? <laughs> so, they and they disappeared. They were gone. Wow. The Texaco oil rig and another, another nearby smaller rig, boom, gone. Went, went under the lake completely disappeared a tugboat had been cruising through the canal and it was away from the lake but it got it got sucked in and so the men jumped the canal was not super they, they got to the side of the canal jumped to land the side of the canal and they and watched their tugboat get sucked into the lake and disappear i wonder what they thought was going on they thought this is not this is the end of time yeah, yeah. so the intense pressure from the water rushing downward into the mine into the mine shafts and caverns, yeah, it created these temporary geysers because like, the air pressure forced 
water up. Some of those geysers were as high as 400 feet in the air. So you mean from the mine shafts? Yes. The vertical mine shafts? Yes, the vertical wow. mine shafts. I don't know how air pressure works completely. Yeah. <laughs> but they're, it, they, it, that force well, that make, that makes sense. Geysers. Yeah. Sure, sure it does. I know it does too. <laughs> well, the water gushing in from the canal would... Yeah. It get, but it's going to... up into yeah. the air. I, I think Force it's air pressure. down through the mine. And, and then the air pressure, yeah. boom, yeah. is forcing it up. Yeah. Let's go with that. Okay. So how long did those geysers Not super last. long. The whole process took about uh, about two days where it, it refilled. Again, 3.5 gall- billion God. gallons of water disappeared in hours. But uh, as the lake water disappeared, it was refilled from the Vermilion Bay, from that brackish water there. That took about two days. Mm-hmm. But and what when the lake had filled... And the mine, and then has extended, expanded to its current size. It's for the force of that had sucked out sixty-five to seventy acres of surrounding soil and trees to the bottom. It's just think about the the whole top of the earth around it was denuded. It just ripped the soil, ripped the trees, ripped the vegetation into the hole. So did it plug it up? Essentially, Uh, I at some point it must have. yeah. Yeah, it took trucks. In there, it took little. The little buildings were sucked in. It sucked in the parking lot from the botanical uh, garden. Were there like houses along the lake? No, there wasn't. It 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 sucked in the entire botanical garden, mm-hmm. and I think it even sucked in the island itself. Good oh, lord! Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Miraculously, not a single person died. Yeah, However, that's... sadly, three dogs died. No, I that's I worse. It's a lot worse than four hundred. Why? People. Where were the dogs? Too close. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly. Hunting dogs. The crew of the drilling rig, as we mentioned a minute ago, they did escape when they realized something was wrong. But there was also a fisherman out there on the lake at the time. He So he sees what's going on, and he just powered up that little engine of his. (laughs) Can you imagine that? He's going to get sucked into this massive whirlpool, but he was able to get to the shoreline and escape. Wow. A few days after the disaster, the water pressure equalized and it settled yeah. to its current form, creating this essentially new lake, a much, much deeper, 200 foot deep, much larger Lake Pijer. That's still Lake Pijer, but it's a very different Lake Pijer. Uh, when this happened, when this pressure equalized, nine of the 11 lost barges popped up to the surface <laughs> and floated. Wow. Float. Yeah, that's crazy. That is weird. I guess they reclaimed them, I imagine. I'm sure they did. In the aftermath, though, Texaco and the company that, that owned the drilling rig that Tex- Texaco was leasing, yeah, they paid $32 million to the Diamond Crystal I Mining Company say. for yeah. messing up their mine. Yeah. They paid another $12.8 million to a, the plant nursery called Live Oaks Garden because the entire nursery was, was sucked Aww, into the lake. Yeah. So that's gone. So they, they, they paid that person $12.8 mil. The once freshwater lake is now a salty, brackish lake, and it's also far deeper, which has permanently altered its ecosystem. It's a very yeah. different lake now. Mm-hmm. Today, currently, in real time, a company called AGL Resources uses uh, the salt dome, one of the salt domes that's still beneath the lake, to store pressurized natural gas. And there are still oil drilling operations right there. In the immediate area. 
That because sounds we, like a recipe for disaster. We just don't ever learn. No, no clearly yeah. not. Now, locals are Can not. You, locals are nervous. <laughs> don't yes. like it. But there was a it's, whirlpool it's, here. It's, it's a big company. Louisiana. They want to do it. And, and Louisiana, Louisiana. Lets, you, lets those companies do what they want to do. So how do they store the natural gas? I mean, just like pump it down there? I don't get it. It's, yeah, yeah, under pressure. And they pump it in there and seal huh. it off. They need vast caverns. And, and this is a natural, already made one. So it's a win-win for them. They get to store their natural gas, and maybe someday it blows up and, and <laughs> kills everyone. Oil drill. Who doesn't huh. read the map right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, punctures it. He uses the wrong Mercator yeah. blah 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 lamp. Blah blah blah. Yeah. So that is the story. Wow. Of wow. Lake Pijer came from a ten-foot deep freshwater lake into a two-hundred-foot deep brackish lake. That, that is, is amazing. Because it got swallowed by a salt mine. You know, I was alive in 1980. Yes, this, you were. Wouldn't this have been a fairly large news story at the time? It, I think it was brief. It was short-lived, but yeah, it huh. made headlines. Did you guys hear very about briefly, it? No. Not really. I, in my research, I saw like, you know, local publications and TV and things like that, but not a, I didn't see it was like, a New a York Times article or something like that. No. Nowadays, it probably I'm would sh- oh become God, more well-known. Be, yeah. I mean, There's I'm, video of it. There's videos yeah. of, of the waterfall. For instance, and Ooh, I want to look it up. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, you can look at videos. Wow, I'm gonna do that. You do that. That's I'm gonna do that. Super interesting. That's super interesting. Yeah. Wow. More interesting, Emma. Than you it's know, a competition. It's not a competition, but it was better. I'm gonna say you guys are tied. Mine's more mysterious. Tied for second. Yours place. is more mysterious. Mine's a little more dramatic. Yeah. So we gave you mystery and drama. Yeah. Yeah. Folks. Thank you for the uh, lake-related mystery lake and drama. It's <laughs> strange <laughs> lakes indeed. Thank you for listening. Carrie, can you tell them? Well, Weird World Podcast on Instagram, Patreon, and Facebook, and Weird World Pod on Twitter. And if you like this episode, give us a little five-star review on iTunes or something. Thank you in advance. <laughs> Please. <laughs> That's it. Until and thank you for listening. Yes, indeed. Until next time, we'll bring you something weird let's bring something let's do something different i don't know anyway river related yes no okay see you bye